0: Before we start this podcast, we just want to give a huge shout out and thank you to Amphibipod, who now sponsor the show. Keep listening to hear this week's exclusive discount code for all your 3D printed reptile needs.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Herping Hour podcast. This is episode 9, Rescue and Rehome. We have the amazing Jelly Exotics on, who run a rescue uh, and rehabilitate uh, reptiles.
2: Woo!
0: Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about yourselves and what got you into reptiles. Well, for me,
2: I just got bored of fluffy things. Um, <laughs> so I started with rodents, like rats and things, and then I, I saw a leopard gecko <laughs> for the first time and thought, it's so cute, isn't it? They are cute. And then I started with a leopard gecko and it just grew from there. And then I met Alex and it got even worse.
1: <laughs> i <I'm> sorry. The <laughs> enabler.
2: Um,
1: for me, it's, I suppose it's I've been probably obsessed with reptiles since I was little. Like everyone, nearly everyone in the hobby, I think Steve Owen played a big part. <laughs> I think everyone can say that. Um, a lot of people probably hate him, but I—I uh, I don't think anyone actually hates him.
3: Why would you say that? <laughs> I don't know.
1: There are <laughs> and I don't know. I've just been obsessed since I was little, and I, think I was saying I begged my mom for a, a reptile for most of my childhood until she gave in and I got a little milk snake. And since then, I've kind of just been obsessed. I don't think I've ever been without a reptile. And then when I moved out, that was a bad That's thing. Point. <laughs> that was a bad thing. Um, since I moved out, I've just been able to take them in. And I've never really, I think I was only two of my animals that I've I've bought. Most of them have been rehomes because I just always see them and I'm just like, oh, they need me. <laughs> and I end up with a many, many, many reptiles. Yeah, I have a problem. We all have
0: a problem. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I started off, weirdly, I started off with mammals that have all my small fairies and sort of loads of rats. They had like a mischief of 14 at one point. Yeah. Like, they had an entire bedroom to themselves and they just roam about. Like, they had a kitchen <laughs> in there that they didn't even use and just left it open in case they wanted to go in. And then <laughs> Ace was like, well, I've got these reptiles here. <laughs> and I was like, I want these reptiles
1: too. And that was it then. Mine was hamsters and guinea pigs. Actually, no, to be fair, I did have a hamster as a child. But they're, they're 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 evil. I don't know why yeah. people sell them as first pets. Yeah. They're oh,
0: very temperamental. Old? Like, yeah, they are iffy. very very temperamental. What inspired you to become a rescue and a rehoming service?
1: To be honest, I don't. I don't really know. It's it's probably a very controversial way into it. I suppose I actually started with my own animals. That I just took on, like I said, I've never really. I think I've only got like two, two of my animals that I've bought and like one from a pet shop and I got one from a breeder later on. But I I just kind of take on animals that I think need me. <laughs> and um, I actually, I probably, I think the, the idea for a rescue started with, I started an Instagram page, basically, and it was just a blog. It was only designed to be a blog. I never planned to take on rescue animals. And I used to follow a foster cat rescue thing. Uh, this lady who fosters cats in America, and she used to foster cats for ages. And then she'd they find homes like that because she was famous and they used to just find homes because everyone followed her and everyone wanted her cats. And I kind of wanted to do that. I wanted to foster reptiles. My Instagram was not famous, <laughs> but I wanted to do it anyway. And just, you know, try. And, and after doing it for a few months, I kind of just switched and was like, why don't I just do this myself? Cause am taking them in for myself anyway. I'm sorting out all the vet treatment for them. And I kind of, that's why it's got such a weird name, Jelly Exotics, because it was born from a, weird blog that turned into a rescue and I kind of just kept the name so I love the, name. Um, yeah, it's just a bit random um so yeah it kind of a very weird way into it it probably did start as a blog really which is a lot of people will probably give you some really inspiring story and mine's just like I did really like to post pictures of animals <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I could put some <laughs> but yeah that's my my entrance into it and you just kind of Joined in from there. <laughs> joined in.
2: Yeah. You dragged her in, really. I did. I do this. I do yeah. this to people. We met via the Jelly Exotics page after Alex had already become a rescue. She won all of the and I won raffles. <laughs> I won loads of raffles for their fundraisers, <laughs> and we just became friends. We started messaging all the time, and then she was like, "Do you want to help with the rescue?" And I went, "Yeah, I do actually." <laughs> and then I just never left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thinking out what she <laughs> She drags me back in. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a wild ride.
1: It's it's good fun. It's fun, it's horrible, it's it's every emotion under the sun, I think, most days, but it's it's worth it. It's good fun. I really enjoy it. But it's
3: rewarding. Yes. Yeah. Very well,
1: it can be. It can be very rewarding. I suppose the sort of final results usually are rewarding. It can be very disappointing. Today's been a bit of a miserable day. We just I don't know you just keep going it's like you have bad days but then good days kind of remind you of why you do it so it yeah.
3: varies. So what kind of obstacles do you face when you rescue you know and when you're in a position to start rehoming them? Space, funds, <laughs>
1: oh my god all of the normal stuff yeah, yeah. space especially. Um, It's really frustrating for us because I, I rent my flat and obviously it's we've got sort of a few of the reptiles here that are finding homes. and um, my mum runs the quarantine, which she's she's very happy with. <laughs> <laughs> she, she absolutely adores reptiles, but I don't think she ever quite asked to be the quarantine. <laughs> like she's, she's just uh, overloaded, bless her soul. I love my mum. We all love your mom. She's amazing. I suppose yeah it's just space. Space is a big thing, a lot of time a lot of funds
2: needed it's yeah especially as a rescue that runs entirely on donations as well like yeah months we're just like please
1: please (laughs) we have nothing but we pay
2: we pay vet bills and like I mean we get by obviously but a lot
1: of the time time it's when you realize you're starting to just struggle it's kind of you you sort of like panic then
2: it's like right raffles
1: we need to get raffles out we need to get like events running because we don't
2: obviously want to refuse animals that need help like animals in situations where they need help Mm. so we're always just sort of fundraise fundraise (laughs) i I don't like asking
1: for money either i i I hate putting like posts out asking for money i just (laughs) Um, (laughs)
2: it's kind of like have a raffle ticket for, for
1: your for your donation um so we do a lot of we try to do fundraising that way rather than sort of just asking for donations obviously if people want to donate that's amazing but We do like to to try and earn it
2: in a a bit more of a a way, I suppose. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think that's it's kind of the same struggles I think every rescue faces in terms of that, really. It's just
2: always obstacles.
3: Yeah, I've I do notice that a lot with animal rescues of any type, really, that funds is a big one. And quite a lot of the time, you do see a lot of posts that do say, please, can you, you know, donate if you can. Mm. But I do think that is a big that's a big factor for any rescue I think
1: I mean yeah you forget like I think people a lot of people do get annoyed about rescues to ask for money um and it's one thing that really like gets to me because at the end of the day a charity I mean I get someone who wants to rescue animals themselves but when you set up an actual charity or a, a company or a, a business if you like to for want of the better word but when you set up an actual entity it should be self-funded like yeah. and you know you don't it shouldn't be something that comes out of your paycheck all the time um I mean it, it does come out of your paycheck yeah. all the time but you end up you know it should it should fund itself you should be doing things that allow it to fund itself it shouldn't yeah. you don't rely on donations of course but you have to allow you have to make sure it gets its own money if you know what I mean otherwise it's not going to be sustainable in the long run anyway
3: yeah so yeah,
1: funds is a, a big one, I think, that anyone really struggles with. But mm-hmm. we actually, I think we, we do okay for funds. We do, we struggle every month. We're always fighting for them, but we we manage. We don't ever, yeah. I, not yet. We haven't been in a position where we're like, we need to stop.
0: I think with a part of the funds, though, would be the vet fees as well, though, because mm. with yeah. Exotic Vets, few and far between. Mm. The price difference between taking your dog to taking your dragon or whatever else. There's quite a jump in price. Because I know there's there's a local vet to us, and because they're like a, a corporation sort of vet now instead of a family room one, just to see them alone is like fifty odd quid just for the consultation. Yeah. Never mind the X-rays and any potential medication. So
1: yeah, yeah, we're we're quite lucky. The vets that we we work with, they are they've got a Zuma trained vet, and she's amazing. But they, the nurses there are amazing. Everyone there is amazing, to be honest. And we, they give us discounts. Um, they'll help us out in any way they can. Obviously, we, we don't, we never expect anything for free. Which it shouldn't be that way anyway. But they, they, they definitely do their part. they're as much the rescue as we, as we are really. Mm-hmm. So if we didn't have them, we wouldn't
2: run. Really. No, not at all. <laughs>
1: Literally not at all. It, they are, they're incredible. So we're very lucky, I think, because. Obviously, they're literally on our doorstep, whereas a lot of people we know have to travel
3: two hours to get to a vet. So, Yeah, ours has ours stopped now. That was about 20 minutes away. Now we're about 40 minutes, 45 minutes away. But we don't mind, though, because we go to the family run one. There's a, a specialist, a lady. She's good. With regards to vets, then, when you receive animals, do you, do you go and get them vet checked, i.e. with, you know, like parasite testing, that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, so every animal we have in, other than aquatic species, because you can't fecal test them, we get fecal tested for parasites, um, etc. And uh, we do it, we wait for the negatives to come back, and we retest if we need to, like, on regular intervals if they're not rehomed. In terms of, like, vet checking, any animal that needs to go to a vet goes to a vet, or any animal we have a doubt about goes to a vet. Even the slightest little doubt, Yeah. We do,
1: we do, like, in-house health checks when they yeah. come in. Mm-hmm. Um. So... I sort of I, like I or you depending on what we're sort of competent in yeah like tortoises for example I there's no one here that's competent enough to, to look at a tortoise and and identify any kind of issues that would need to go to a vet so pretty much any, if we do get a tortoise in which we generally don't they go straight to a vet for a health check with a nurse at least and um, because the nurse there is insanely good and she is exotic specialist specialised but yeah with lizards, we're pretty pretty good <laughs> we're we're okay with yeah I mean it depends on the species but generally we'll give them a good a good check over just to make sure you know like obviously the kind of things that a vet can identify in a in a little health check anyway so yeah we 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 give them a sort of in-house check and if they need to go to the vet if there's even the slightest doubt there's like a yeah. discoloration scales if there's a bump that we don't know what it is mm-hmm. um anything the tiniest thing I'm like right to the vet <laughs> I need to I want I want an opinion on that that isn't mine like if you know what I mean because I'm not I'm not vet trained obviously so yeah but we it's it's difficult because you've got to find that balance because like you say bets cost a lot as, as a specialist it's about 50 pound for a consultation if we brought every animal in yeah. especially when we don't ask for donation well we don't ask for an adoption fee we're we're just never gonna we're never gonna survive we're not going to be able to actually do what we do um especially when a lot of the time the animals we get in are healthy um it's a corn snake that someone's had for for three years that's you know grown up well it's been fed well at most I can look at it and say it's it's a bit fat or it's it's a bit it needs a bit of a bit bit more food whatever but it's um a lot of the time a 50 pound is difficult to spend when you you can look at it and identify that there's nothing horrible mm-hmm. going on a lot of the time through monitoring as well you can identify if there's issues
3: yeah, yeah. you because I was gonna say you you touched on quarantine before and we're we're big advocates of quarantine because a lot of the time people who are you know just your public aren't advised to do quarantine that they're, they're, they're just told here's some substrate here's some hides you go home and put that in and we are, although the animal is going into a set up on its own we still recommend a sterile environment for at least four well I say four to 12 weeks which is obviously one to three months so it you know it depends a, a minimum of four weeks so that's usually what we do so I just wondered what is your you know what what is your quarantine period and do you recommend one after you've you know let an animal go to a new home
1: we so when they come in they stay for for a minimum of four weeks like say if if, if it's a dependent it entirely depends on where they've come from what condition they've been kept in what condition they're in when they get to us for us for someone that's you know say a bearded dragon that's been kept in the absolute optimum enclosure when we do a health check on it it's it seems in perfect condition it's had a fecal test done and it's ne- it's negative you know we're looking at four to six weeks for a quarantine period to make sure nothing comes up out of there if you get one in that's come from a little bit of a not, not a great enclosure you know bits and pieces like that then we probably extend that for a bit longer obviously yeah. if they're unwell then they, they stay in quarantine for as long as they need to mm-hmm. um so it it just depends on on the case really but a minimum of four weeks for you know optimum conditions <laughs> that's really nice to hear actually considering like you know how many people very recently don't dove- quarantine and don't realize how actually important it is so it's really nice to know that as a rescue you do go above and beyond you know you're not just getting these animals in to, you know wing them around and chuck them back out the door you know the thing is when they're here they are essentially ours they're like they're like my pets until I until it sounds horrible but until we find someone who I would be happy to see my pets with because they're yeah. mine until they go to someone else 100% and- I, I adore them I've literally you know I've, got, I've had Clementine for two years now and I
2: don't think I can let her go at this point
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be with me forever um so I just I love them and I I that's it plays a big part in finding homes it's probably one of the reasons why we, we have a very slow rehoming process because I'm just like I need to be so sure that this person is going to give them yeah. as much love and attention and what they need as
2: as we do mm-hmm. we'd um, rather wait find the right home that we know they're going to be happy in forever than rush through it and potentially have them back or have them at a different rescue a couple months down the line
3: yeah. that's me um, i am exactly that person <laughs> I, I would rather refuse somebody something if i don't get the right vibe from them or oh God, uh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> it, sounds, it, it sounds daft vibes doesn't it because you're like oh that that person might well be nice but i i just some of the things that people say back to you and influence your opinion of of how well the reptile will be kept so I'm a stickler for it I'm the same as I will not move anything on if somebody doesn't show me the setup or you know talk talk me through any type of experience they might have and stuff I'm, I'm fine with helping people who are new and stuff and I, I'll always give advice and I've got my own care sheets and everything, but if people then decide to go against me advice and show me something, for instance, like if I recommend a four foot by two foot by two foot as a minimum for a dragon, and then they send me a photograph of a three foot setup, they're an absolute no. New keepers who are like willing to take on board the advice that you're giving them, that's fine. But if you're giving someone advice and then they're completely ignoring what advice you've given them, then... That's it's just a no.
2: We get both of those. My favourite are new owners that love to listen to all your advice.
3: I know. I'm like I'm "I'm really guilty. I'm like like, I feel like I could influence this
2: person to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I do. I I do. It's but yeah, it's definitely appreciated because it's like well they're actually listening, Mm. Um, and I like it when people question as well. Like not in a not in a negative way, as in like a well, I've heard that you know I want to use mats because I prefer them and I you know I've heard that they're so much better and I'm just like well that's not but then there are people that just sort of like well I've heard that mats are interesting why is it that you say you know mats are good why is it that you say you prefer overhead heating and then I can explain to them and then if they're willing to take that on board then that's amazing Yeah. yeah and I said to you before when we were looking at things I was like enthusiasm enthusiasm is and enthusiasm for the animal that they're adopting is so important. Yeah, I hate it. I I do. I, it's a real peeve of mine when people message and they're like, "Have you got any lizards?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Um, or I'm looking for a reptile for this space. <laughs> I've got a little one foot, uh, a little one foot box. Um, can I? Can I? Have you got any royal pythons? I'm like, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> not for that
3: space. <laughs> so, what would you say is the number one reason that you get rehomes coming into you? time timely
2: is a top one i just like, we don't, don't feel like time. they need the time, the time i don't have them. the time for them i don't have the yeah. time to get them out or things like that
1: that's the main thing i see as well when
2: people put posts up I know yeah get crazy yeah. Time. yeah i wanted to be with someone like
1: that appreciates them more or someone that gives them the time they deserve i love that yeah we get that a lot
0: you got bored you got bored yeah. <laughs> that's literally
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm bored with this one now, goodbye. (laughs) It's
0: not cool anymore, I don't
1: want it. We get some very genuine, like, I mean, obviously we get genuine people that have, you know, the circumstances have completely changed, and as well, people that struggle with, you know, mental health that they just can't, you know, they're really struggling to keep on top of everything, but yeah, you get a lot of the non-genuine, well, I don't say non-genuine, but the the actual, you know, the ones that literally are just, I'm bored. Like, I'm bored of this now, isn't it? Just
2: go away. Well, we get a few sort of like, they struck at me, and I, now I'm scared to touch
1: it. Oh, yeah, snakes,
0: you do, yeah. yeah. when I worked in the pet shop, there was a few people, but they bought, like, corn snakes and stuff for kids, and the kids obviously just been, like, feeding them, and sometimes snakes aren't the greatest at catching the food, just not. <laughs> <So> <laughs> this one time, it's got, it's, like, missed, not hit them, but just missed completely. They've been like, no, that's it, and then they'd hand them back yeah. in trying to eat me. <laughs> it's not an yeah. aggressive snake, it's just, like, had one accident where it's missed the food.
2: Mm-hmm. Especially with kids, like if they bought it for a kid and yeah. then if they do get a bit and it's even worse, but even if they don't, they're just like too scared to handle it or clean it out or feed it or whatever. And we get, we get those sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a shame. Cause I know like, I mean, I went through it when I was younger, I, um, I had a bearded dragon and I went through a really like severe phobia stage of being ill. I'm still, I still have this very bad phobia and I used to think I'd catch salmonella from my dragon. And I, I must not have touched him for, for probably like two years. I was too scared to go in and get him out. My mum looked after him because that's what parents should do for their children, mm-hmm. <laughs> have, have the if dragon. If you buy an animal for your kid, it's technically your animal. It's not yeah. actually for the if, they're under, yeah. if they're under 16 or even under 18, it's like... They are your responsibility. They need to be the parent's
3: responsibility. So what kind of conditions have you had animals come into And obviously, I'm assuming some are, some are in quite good condition, but then they'll be be the ones that aren't in great conditions i mean what is your reaction you know when you receive something that is in not in the best condition because i know with doing what you do you know you have to be civil in a way i guess when people do yeah it's the hardest part what is the worst sort of condition that you've seen but you know turned it around to be honest it's it's difficult because a lot of the time we seem to just we
1: get animals that are literally they're at the end and It's it's really hard. We we deal with, you know, we've seen some horrendous cases. We had Shula. Shula was a, a positive one.
2: I love Shula. <laughs> we love
1: Shula, and we get nice updates on Shula as well because Shula's in this fabulous enclosure, big bioactive enclosure, and Shula's a bearded dragon. Yeah, Shula's a bearded dragon, and he he came in. So he was being kept in a. Now this is not the pre. This is one of those ones where the previous owners were just they had no idea they bought well a pair of dragons off someone on you know what one of the terrible Somewhere. websites um, that said that just you know you just sell animals on um they bought them not really knowing what they were doing bless them they, they tried she was lovely and she she got them and she she was really worried about them. So she contacted us for advice. And it, well, the, the first advice was to separate them because they were two males in the end. And the one had quite oh. severely dominated over the other one. His spine was completely like twisted
3: oh.
1: where he'd been well, the vet assumed that he'd been bitten and it got infected and caused the, the twist in his spine. But he he was missing toes. He was just, he was so thin. Lovely boy, he was so sweet.
0: He was um, But she, nice. they were
1: being kept together in like a three foot enclosure. Obviously we gave her the advice that she needed to upgrade um she needed to get a better uvb bulb that was the priority but obviously then to move them in, move him into a bigger one the the remaining dragon because we left her with the other one because she she was perfectly capable of looking after them after with some advice i think she just needed <laughs> she just didn't realize. the right guidance yeah. Yeah. Um, and we took shula home with us because she didn't have the space for two enclosures and looked after him because he was quite poorly but he um he pulled through and he's he was such a character. Oh my god, he was so hmm. funny. He used to, used to keep him on the floor and he used to follow you everywhere. And he absolutely loves salad. I've never known a beta dragon love salad as much as Shula loves salad. It was like he took it in the morning <laughs> and he'd just be like, <laughs> 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 he literally
2: just like sh- <laughs> flying
1: everywhere. I loved yeah. it. And um, you could hand feed it him while he was like walking around. And he used to do this thing where he'd like, he had one of his eyes. I don't know if it was from a bite,
2: but one of his eyes oh, was yeah, like. I remember this. He used to, <laughs> he, used to yeah.
1: he used to like, he was blind in the one eye. So you had to like hold the salad to his left. And and then he'd like <laughs> go around in a little circle because he couldn't see. So he'd just be <laughs> it was so cute.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Moving near his face. Had to be food, obviously, yeah. yeah. So he he's like, used to Just to chase him. your hands would you like drag them across the floor, he'd be like, Oh, I got a bug!
1: But yeah, he's he's so good now. We get pictures of him, and he just looks in- amazing. You wouldn't even tell that his spine is twisted, yeah. Still, like his spine is still twisted. We've got the x ray, which we can show you. It's it's quite cool. Um, yeah. it's obviously not nice, but it's it's I'm very I like both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: interesting to look at, yeah.
1: We're all like that. We all like looking at things you know that's more in depth and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. x-rays are really, really interesting. But funnily enough, his, his bone density was actually quite good. I think he was he actually didn't have metabolic bone disease, and um, which is really lucky. But yeah, he was just his spine was just mangled. It was properly like he looked like a Z shape. Um but he was but now a sweetheart. He's doing great. And he is, yeah, he's doing great, but we've we've had some like horrendous ones. It's it's very frustrating because I feel like a lot of the time because we're a lot of people wait until it's too late to kind of yeah. get help. And, it, you know, even with as much rehabilitation as we can give with the vets doing what they can, you know, a lot. You know, we had one snake that came in that had a quite severe respiratory infection and the owners had done the right thing. They, you know, they were treating him at the vets and sadly they got they got flooded out. Their house was completely swamped and they had to rehome him. They were really upset um, so that he got the treatment. And we we had him here and he he died a couple of months later because he his respiratory infection just was so far into his spiritual system. Yeah, respiratory tract and stuff. He was, yeah, he was beyond it. But it's it's just a shame. It's just really sad when shit like that happens. I hate it. <laughs> it's yeah. Good. But yeah, we just we get a lot that sometimes they're in for a day because they ones that are found that are in bad condition like the one we had today. Um he was with us for two hours and passed away. Um he'd obviously just been holding on as long as he could and couldn't do it any longer. So yeah he um he passed away today but we it's, it sucks, really, that kind of side of it. But.
0: I think the positive you can take from that is when they do take those final few hours or whatever that in some way that genuinely cares. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's, that's <laughs> what I have to tell myself <laughs> all the time. I'm like, oh, God. At least your last moments were
0: hmm. in
1: the right place in somewhere yeah. that you know, loves them to pieces. But
0: Ego as well. Ego and pride is one of the things, I think, that damages people to not go and get the help instead of just saying, look, I'm at a loss help me that bit sooner people will hold on because they don't like the pride being dinted and they think they do yeah. the right thing and stuff so it's like it's detrimental to that animal
1: literally it's yeah it's a shame it is sad and i i see it a lot in working working in like the veterinary field as well a lot of people they kind of i think they just they don't regard reptiles as highly as they do other animals
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know so many people they just don't i don't they, it's like they just don't don't even think that they're worth anything more than chuck it some food you know like it's the same with fish I, I don't deal with fish because I don't understand aquatics at all but mm. I, I see it a lot with fish you know it's kind of like oh they eat each other sometimes and they do this and oh that one's picked off the fins of this one and it's like geez, like <laughs> the vertebrates like stop that's not good <laughs> it's not a good thing <laughs> to casually say it like it's nothing and a lot of people, people are like, like that oh, with reptiles my cat just ate my other cow oh my god gosh, oh my, my well. god <laughs> it's um it's just it's wild i just don't understand how people can't don't see them the same Mm. Um, so people a lot of people that that bring them to us they they do they just don't have a clue you know it's like oh it's you know it's dragon it's really healthy come and take it and i've got there and i'm like ah this dragon's nearly dead like oh my Mm. god Yeah, yeah
3: some people um don't realize but then there's those that do and wait till as nick was saying wait till it's far too late Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah,
1: we're like... lucky, really. The negatives, you don't, I mean, it sounds, you know, we see a lot of horrible cases, but a lot of the time it's not, you don't, we haven't had to deal with many horrible people, <laughs> to be honest. We're yeah. quite lucky. Um, I know a lot of rescues that do, and it's it's always a nightmare, but it, we're quite lucky, really, that we, yeah. we get genuine owners that do care, and they've got to that point where they're just, they're at a loss, and they, they come to us for help we have to be very professional and yeah we always act on sort of a positive no
2: basis mm-hmm. even if it's
1: hard <laughs> it's very hard sometimes but yeah you have to be that way because at the end of the day if you start ripping into people for handing animals over no yeah. one's gonna
3: hand do them it. over have you seen many in recent because in in recent years there's been um, there's been a lot of bearded dragons with neurological issues have you ever had any of those handed in or anything i just wonder it's it's just me being curious because
1: i i have we have we had a dragon come in called lizzie um she had neurological issues little lizzie mm-hmm. she she passed away actually um <laughs> sounds horrible it's really it's horrible it was horrible but she um she was so lovely she went she had been to the vets to to check it out because she was it was very odd she was like she'd stargaze and she'd like wobble her head um yeah it was, it was really sad, but she, she ended up dying from, I think it must have been polycystic,
3: not polycystic ovaries, <laughs> that's what we is get. It the, <laughs> is it the, is um, your colomitis stuff?
1: Um, It was, I think, I, to be honest, we, we don't know, she was, um, she passed away here, and we didn't get a post-mortem done, because that was before the point where we had made the decision to do post-mortems on any sort of unexplained death she went to the vets to be cremated but we didn't we didn't have a post-mortem done and um, which is really annoying because I we do them now for everything but it's I, I am I think judging by the way she she was so small and she, her belly was quite swollen I think she might have had stasis. I think it yeah might... that's
3: it yeah that's the same yeah same
1: thing sorry yeah
3: no no it's okay so
1: yeah I think that probably was what it was in the end but yeah, she had, like I say, she'd, she'd been to the vets. We do lean a lot on the vets for support in that sort of thing. So we mm. kind of, obviously, we took her and they were sort of happy with her in general. They didn't really have an explanation for the, the swollen belly at that point, which is frustrating, really, but that was...
3: A yeah, because it's usually too late by the time the belly swells, unfortunately. So. Yeah, exactly. But um, was, was she translucent?
1: No, I don't think so. We've we've never had... Um, I don't think we've ever had a beardy morphine like a something that isn't just a other than Opal the Silk oh yeah we've had Opal the Silk back but he stays with us (laughs) he stays stays with us man. so complex (laughs) a myriad of
2: problems bless his soul yeah Um, they do they do silk backs. yeah Uh, don't I mean (laughs) he is the ugliest but cutest Ah! dragon I've ever Ah! seen in my entire life and even like don't let my mum hear you say that no Carol calls him ugly all the (laughs) time no she's like you're so ugly but I love you <laughs> so sweet. But he's so sweet, like, he's so handleable, but he always has to have a bath and he just sits there, like, really? <laughs> like, oh, what is life. Again. <laughs> he's so
3: cute. Oh, it's a shit, we are very against um, silk bat breeding, yeah. so...
2: It's
1: I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that because we're so against think, it. After yeah. we've yeah. it's, seen one, it's like, oh my god, why? Well, how are these even allowed to be bred? Yeah, I, like Oof. I've seen a
0: couple of people that have purposely bred them, and uh like they don't understand like the complexities of having the silk back, and then they're not telling people who buy them because they look pretty the complexities of having a silk back, so that they're torn skin can't shed. You know, you their know. eyes
1: as well. They've got no scale oh, structure glory. on their eyes, and this bless him it's like we took again this is um he's been to see the the zoomed train trained vet and she said like there's not a lot you can do because it is just because of the like the way his oh. eyes there's no scales to hold the structure of his yeah. eyes his eyes just are deformed and then his tear ducts are a bit blocked. So he gets like little swollen eyes and not swollen eyes, oh, but that. the they look like little
0: yeah <laughs> they look like little bubbles.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Sometimes it scares me because when he goes to his eyes sort of like come out a little bit and then they go back in. And I'm like, no, oh my god. Yeah, oh god. <laughs> it's, it's it terrified me. When he did that
1: the first time, I was like calling the vets, like, oh my god, his eyes prolapse. <laughs> it was horrible. It was horrible. And they were like, and she said it. It is just because of the structure of his eye, there's just nothing there to to hold the structure. It's horrible. I don't know how people can breed
3: them. It's I don't I don't even no, know. How we much... we don't agree with oh. leatherback to leatherback. No,
1: well, I mean, it's hard for the the breeding process is supposed to be. I mean, I I've heard that it's quite difficult anyway because obviously the leatherbacks have got obviously they're not completely unprotected like a silkback, but they have less scale protection, so it's, it can be mm-hmm. quite aggressive for the female. I've heard so.
3: I would have thought so. I've never bred two leatherbacks together, but I do know people that have, and I am always saying you shouldn't breed plenty of different morphs together, but a lot of people do, so unfortunately. It's a shame that it still happens, but it, you know, it's really annoying. I don't know why people do it.
0: On average a month, how many reptiles you usually take in?
1: <sighs> Not, um, it sounds, that sounds awful. We don't actually, we don't take, we're very small. Um, We are a small rescue. It's run from my second bedroom, my mum's, like, upstairs room very small and my computer <laughs> and, and yeah and your your computer you don't have animals do you well you got i got the snail you got the snail <laughs> um <laughs> so we're quite we're small and we very much know uh what's the word we, we work within our means is that yeah. the thing um i won't there's no point pushing ourselves to the point of having so many animals in we can't look after them properly it's what's the point then you're just you're becoming the need to be rescued <laughs> yourself yeah
2: you're becoming the problem yeah. so yeah
1: exactly so we we take in probably two maybe two or three a month yeah maybe four a push yeah four or five on a bad month
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean sometimes like we'll go a month with nothing and then the next month we'll have like four or yeah, five. five so it so it makes up for itself but... so we don't we don't really take in very many we try to I mean if the owner's are they want to keep their animal but they're not just not sure what they're doing they would rather they stay in their homes and just they get advice and guidance and we just help them out rather than bring animals in if they don't need it we try and save our spaces for sort of welfare cases kind of if we can yeah that's Um, refreshing
0: to hear that though because not to throw shade i see a few like rescues they'll take in a lot of animals and be like well we've got this and they'll just keep pushing them out but pulling them in and then they become inundated but you don't see it and then their care standards slip and you see it as like general public you say hang on a minute should you really be housing these animals like that get yeah, rid of a few downsize properly and up your standards because what you're doing is perpetuating the cycle of neglecting these animals that are coming into you so it's yeah. like never-ending circus
1: yeah yeah that's what we really try hard to avoid <laughs> trying very hard to avoid i mean at the end of the day we will be there for people that need us like if someone is calling because they don't have the time for their reptile anymore then we do try to encourage them we say obviously there is a waiting list we do prioritize welfare cases yeah um have you thought about advertising them here we can offer support in that sense of home checking things like that if it saves us a space to bring an animal in that needs it obviously we get we get the odd call where it's like we found this snake in the middle of nowhere in the car park
2: or in the boot in the oh god on the lay by and (laughs) that was the other week we sat down to watch a movie and then alex said we need to go get a snake from a boot (laughs) from a car i was like okay (laughs) off we go so (laughs) you never get to watch films
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's i mean obviously in those cases it's it's difficult because if we have no space we do have to Make things work. So we've got emergency enclosures that are like the the top down monk field vivs, um, like those ones. We have big rubs, you know, for worst case scenarios. We've got space to bring things in, and then while we work the vivs out, because there's always ways we can wiggle things around in order to make sure they're in a viv. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of the time it's you know we have to be (laughs) vigilant, (laughs) to be quick. (laughs) That's
0: another thing you said. You prioritise welfare, like the easiest thing for a rescue to do would be to take in the ones that people don't have time for because they're better cared for instead of the welfare cases. So yeah, Yeah. that's where you can kind of start weeding out the, um, the fame seekers to the people who genuinely like, well you must enjoy it to a degree to do it, but you know what I mean when I say this.
2: Yeah.
1: I always think that it's, to be honest, because we, we do prioritize the welfare cases, it, I worry that it makes us look bad because we get a lot more of the, the bad outcomes and it, it i I'm, I'm forever sort of saying is there something i'm you know i'm doing wrong and it's you know the percentage of i mean don't get me wrong it's not a high percentage of of like you know death That's rates but we we do get probably maybe more than some of even the bigger ones but that a lot of the time i have to you know tell myself in terms of percentage you have to look at the the coming in percentage as well you know we don't take in as many healthy animals at all we get a lot of like i say before we've we take a lot of um animals that are, are on death's door um yeah. and it's we've had animals that have come in for a day because we've taken them straight to the vets got x-rays and tests done and it's you know the vets said there is nothing you can do for this animal it is you know we've had animals in with three broken legs and severe mbd that are never going to recover from that we've had animals that spine has fused so much they're in a spiral forever and they can't move properly it's yeah and it makes us look bad which is horrible because we can't save them but at the end of the day we're not going to keep an animal alive for the sake of yay we saved it and it's like you're not saving it, it, it it's, it's suffering it's in severe pain yeah, yeah.
0: you've got it's to look at quality of life yeah the moral and ethical standpoint you, you need to have instead of just i think it gives you a lot of um, commendation to say look we prioritize welfare not all the outcomes are great because if you're prioritizing welfare you're going for those severe cases and stuff so yeah it, it, it tallies up and i don't think it makes you look bad at all i think it, it honestly makes you look like a genuine rescue and rehome because if i was seeing someone with all these great intakes all the time and they just not no time for them and stuff then you're thinking you're really a rescue because i think that's where people confuse like they go oh i rescued this leo from this and this and it's not they just re-owned it Sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, so, that's a pet
3: peeve. That
0: is yeah. a <laughs> yeah, thing. I don't know what you guys class
1: as a rescue versus rehome, but for me, I always class like rehome is something that is sort of in, you know, the enclosure isn't perfect, but the animal isn't really in ill health. You know, it might just need a little bit more food. Also, where you've like had to pay for the animal, you know, you've had to pay to take it out of that like care. Yeah. I class that as a rehome. For a rescue, I usually class as like, you don't pay for it, it needs vet care, you know, it's it's got something severely wrong, you know, that that's what I usually class, but I know a lot of people just like to use the word rescue for everything, regardless <laughs> yeah. of its, its situation. I feel like it takes away from the word rescue, you know, you're still doing a good thing if you're rehoming something, but it's not quite as severe as you know rescuing something like that animal needs to be taken, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's we kind of I try to categorize things that come in as rehomes and rescues, but obviously we do we do take in quite a few rehomes to be honest. That you know they're lovely. and it's nice sometimes. A lot of the time they're usually just you know unhandleable. (laughs) Mm,
2: (laughs) We get a lot of rehomes
1: that are unhandleable because they haven't been handled for so long. Yeah, like great condition but thanks your food. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll eat your face yeah. <laughs> all the time. It's great. We've got so many, so many angry like, corn Oh, things. you're
2: so cute. Out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love those ones. Spicy noodles. <laughs> but, but we do get, you know, we've had quite a few like rescue situations where it's been, this animal needs to come in or it, it's going to die. And a lot of the time the animal needs to come in to die, which sounds horrible, but it's, you know, we, like I say, you know, we always tip follow vet advice we do challenge the vets if we feel like an animal can be worked with. Um, if they're sort of saying, you know, you need to consider euthanasia, we'll say, well, you know, tell me why.
3: <laughs> and um,
1: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and, uh, and then we can, you know, is there anything we can do? What's the recovery like? What's the recovery time like? It's so difficult. Every case is different
2: and you just never know yeah. what you're going to get. It's like, obviously, we'll always fight for the best outcome. Yeah but sometimes the best outcome is them not suffering for their entire life you know
0: that moral so, and ethical standpoint again
2: yeah, yeah it's, it's horrible it's a nightmare but it's, it's the, I, best the amount of times I've do.
1: cried yeah receiving um, like the, the vets probably think I'm emotionless but because uh, I they, they tell me over the phone and we make the decision to, to obviously like put an animal to sleep and I'm always like I'm very stoic like stoic that's not the word I'm very like Steady on the phone and then as soon as I hang up I'm just sobbing because it's just it's horrible yeah. it's so horrible to have to make that decision um especially when you you wish you could just do something to help them and it, it's it's just heartbreaking I hate it I hate it and it, it every day every day I'm just like I'm done I can't do this anymore
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing it anymore yeah. I mean um, obviously the good cases they they make it all worth it but it they also mean that we can help. Yeah. People have to just show me pictures of Shula and Zap and yeah. Rue, and I'm just like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. She's like, I can't do it. And I'm like, but you can't think of Clementine. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Oh god. <laughs> just a horrible, horrible, horrible job. <laughs> we went on a bit of a depressing spiel there, sorry. <laughs>
0: What's the most common species you usually take in? Like
2: <laughs> I don't know, it's like corn snakes or yeah. dragons, really. <laughs> <The> dragons, <laughs> yeah. corn snakes.
0: I figured that was. I think it's like because pet shops will say, "Oh yeah, lovely starter reptile." Every yeah. time, he's a yeah. starter reptile
2: for you. Corn snakes. <laughs> corn snakes.
1: I. It sounds horrible. I hate taking in corn snakes. I love corn snakes. Corn snakes are my favorite. If I could specialize, and say, right, we're only taking in one species of animal. I would choose corn snakes any day. I just think they're incredible. I would own every corn snake in the world. I think they're just, they're so different. Every corn snake has this tiny little personality and they're very characterful. I just, I love them. And they're colourful, they're lovely.
2: No one else agrees with me. (laughs) I'm just like, and they're here forever. They're always (laughs) here and
1: we can't get rid of them. That sounds horrible. We never, you know what I mean? But we never, we just can't, no one wants to rehome them. Um, we get the odd person. As soon as someone's like, I'm really interested in rehoming a corn snake, I'm like, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Here is all of the corn snakes we have. You can choose any of them. They're all maybe 90% of them will bite you, but they're all fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're just always that's so much attitude. Yeah. And yeah, corn snakes are the most frustrating. Bearded dragons we get a lot of, but
2: they do tend to find homes quite quickly. Yeah. But the thing is with bearded dragons as well, is like 50-50, 50% of them. Are really good starter reptiles because they're so handleable and chill. And then the other fifty percent we get jump out the viv. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of yeah, We get we had a couple of bitey ones as well, which yeah, is very rare. People love dragons. them though. They just think, oh my god, they got so much attitude. I love them. Why and can't yeah. you think that about a corn snake? Do you want an attitudey corn snake? Vimto, Vimto was my greatest success. <laughs> Finding a home for Vimto. Uh, and his owners were so lovely. They
1: literally loved him and he he, he would was <laughs> he would eat you like i've never known a corn snake like it i know obviously ones that strike at you when you go in because they think you're food that's one thing can deal with that it's fine you just have to work around it corn snakes that are just a bit nervous and they get a bit like a bit flighty they musk and things like that it's fine you just, just think scared. maybe they don't want to be handled that's fine they don't have to be a handleable corn snake vimto was just like <laughs> savage he <laughs> <laughs> he's tried to eat me so many times and that's not just like try to bite me that's try to eat me like I've had to like get to the point of using vodka to get him off my 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 hand because he just under the tap he's like no no I'm gonna stay like, I'm, I'm still gonna to eat your thumb. <laughs> I can get down your thumb just you watch and I'm like stop because <laughs> my thumb is like in pain yes. um and you have to get to the point where you're literally like dabbing a little bit a little bit of vodka on his nose and he's finally let's go and it's like right into this <laughs> he's um he was so much fun and he to be honest he, he had good days <laughs> um <laughs> but we have to be like in situations like that you've just got to be so honest with people like you can't I couldn't I couldn't tell I couldn't tell people that he's in
2: that he's like a friendly yeah you couldn't be like oh sometimes he's a bit uh, he can be a bit vivig aggressive uh food no actually no <laughs> he is uh, he will eat you but you know we love him for it <laughs> and that's when you, you just know you found the right person when they're like
1: I've had corn before I really like the feisty ones I'm absolutely fine with inviting me it's just it's just part of his character and I'm like you you're a good person <laughs> you yeah, can yes. have him too would you like any more <laughs> <laughs> oh so yeah my greatest success Sim-cho. there you go yeah I love him I miss him
2: <laughs> I don't <laughs> <laughs> Amongst- <laughs> mum's not the most confident handler no she loves them but she loves
1: them so she's much she's very skittish she's just <laughs> so scared Alex can you come and get get Bane out
2: for me yeah. so I can clean him out you yeah. to clean out this one because I'm scared to touch it <laughs> she's so sweet
0: yeah corn snakes corn snakes and dragon Back to the original question yeah bearded quick interval to tell you this week's codes are haping pod 5 for 5% off all orders under £20 and hairpin pod 10 for 10% off any orders over £20 that's herping pod h-r-p-i-n-g-p-o-d five or herping pod ten is there any species that you can't or you, you won't take in
3: turtles,
0: turtles. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like this is uh, something
1: you've spoken about before <laughs> <but> <laughs> the right, turtles
3: yeah
1: <laughs> it makes me so sad because i i will i loved i just i like turtles
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, say it more convincingly <laughs>
1: I we believe it. Come on.
2: I, like I if, I, if I went
1: to a zoo and I could look at turtles, I'm just like, I love them. They're so cute. And I loved my turtle. I had a turtle for a while, little yeah. George. And I love them.
2: But uh, we can't do it. We don't <laughs> want to do <take> <laughs> Um We don't have the space or the time, to be frank.
1: <laughs> they, they take so much time. Yeah. And I just, we just, yeah, we just don't have space, but we get so many requests. Request to take turtles in yeah and i just of hate it it's yes. the most difficult situation because a lot of the time they're the species they're the i you know one of the the band species that you can't buy and sell and as a rescue we can't take in for longer than six weeks which is obviously a fact another factor of the reason why we can't take them in but i i have this like <laughs> constant i have to i have to help people i can't if yeah. someone comes to me i feel i, I can't, can't just be early like early no sorry bye because then i'm like right so let me just i'll ask around and see if i can find someone to help and then i have ended up spending so much time trying to find space for a turtle to go because no one wants turtles nobody wants turtles and it's just
2: uh, (laughs) these little babies and nobody wants them (laughs) um we do a lot of referring to the national center of reptile welfare i feel awful (laughs) poor poor chris i'm just like hi (laughs) we've got a (laughs) turtle (laughs) we got a turtle
1: And there's there's a few other people I know that like privately take in turtles and look yeah. after them that I I also utilize.
2: I'm just like, please help. Have you got space in your pond?
1: I've got uh, someone I know who who does have a nice little secure pond who who looks who takes on some turtles, but they have to be ones that are used to being outdoors or yeah. not cared for properly. <laughs> um obviously ones that have lived in a tank can't just go yeah. into a pond. Yeah. Um so it's yeah they're just
2: so difficult so difficult yeah especially when we all work or study or both full-time it's like <laughs> and then you're also I'm like sat at the reception desk up.
1: trying to sort out a till yeah. while at the same time trying to like answer and speak to clients I'm just like <laughs> I
3: can't do
1: <laughs> yeah till's the main thing yeah we don't take in anything that's too big mm, giant snakes and like iguanas and things we just don't have the space we don't have all the, space, the, all the expertise. knowledge. yeah <laughs> we do a lot of referring for those Obviously, there's some good giant snake species rescues that we love, um, that we can refer people to, um, a lot of experienced keepers, you know, Kando, Welsh morphology that you've you've had on. We
2: speak to them a lot
1: if we get anything that's very niche. Um, We had a basilisk lizard come in and I wouldn't normally have taken it in, but we did have an enclosure that was suitable. And we, this person was very keen to just give it away to someone on Facebook. And it was like, don't do that please let us take it in. Um, so we took it in and straight away I was speaking to Kando like, can you help us please? Um, and so we had it fecal tested and it stayed with us for a quarantine period and then it, it went straight to them. And she, she features in loads of pictures <laughs> now and I love seeing them. I'm like, yay, it's <laughs> my baby. So yeah, things like that. We, But we, that's you just have to work with people. You can't, you know, we wouldn't take anything in because we wanted... The, the about it. Yeah. yeah
0: again that's refreshing to hear because a lot of people will just take them in and be like oh that's an interesting species that's oh never had that before and they'll take it in and then it's like oh god i've got something that could potentially swallow my entire arm what (laughs) 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 literally
1: yeah we just it's it's frustrating you know we have a we're not we never claim to be this incredible you know, we'll take in anything. We'll do anything. We, can do, we it all. can do everything. Yeah. We specialize in pet species. The charity that we run is not just to take in animals. It's to support pet owners. Yeah. And so a lot of the time we do our focus is on the typical pet species that you see. And that's that's more of our niche, really, which yeah. th- to be honest, I, I don't think you see a lot in reptile keepers because a lot of the time reptile keeping is about having something flashy and something and different. And, so I think the poor cool, oh, oh, little corn snakes, everyone forgets about
2: them. Love <laughs> and there's them. just us three that have got like
1: bearded dragons, leopard geckos, The crest- <laughs> three main like I know. species. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're just like crest- flashy. Oh yeah. my bearded dragons stay flashy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm always just like, look at my corn snake. <laughs>
0: I, special.
1: I yeah,
0: love, I corn I snakes. love corn snakes. I have got I've got pet corn snakes, don't breed them or anything. Um mm-hmm. I've I've had them, what is it, nine mm-hmm. and eight years mm-hmm. now. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. be without like I've got a, a snow and she's really mean, like incredibly mean, but I'd never get rid of her. I'd never change her. She just tacks a glass and everything. Like
3: eat you through the glass, kind yes. of mean. I only have to <laughs> walk <past>, Um <laughs> I only have to walk past it and she's like trying to eat me. And I'm like, please control your snake. <laughs>
0: That's like myself. <laughs> yeah, you know, she'll rattle me and everything, but I'd never change it because that's what I signed up for. Like that is my responsibility, regardless. Now, so yeah, I've got. I do appreciate horns. They've got ten. Do you want some? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: like if you want the coordinate, I've got loads. And if you like angry ones,
2: I I've got, got loads. Some of them are so pretty. I'm just waiting for
0: Nick to go. No, just you wait. I'll I'll be at that later. Hey Sace, do you fancy building me another viv? Yeah, well, they
2: are all on our Facebook page and our website. I love that. I love
0: that. The plug.
2: The plug of the website that I
0: made. speaking like angry corns and stuff, what's the most difficult species you've had to rehabilitate?
2: Difficult as in behaviour or difficult as in physically.
0: Either, either either or either. i don't know really i
1: think they're all they've all got had the difficulties i mean <laughs> i wouldn't say it's been species specific
2: it's kind of individual specific
1: yeah yeah individual specific yeah like mm-hmm. we've had
2: difficult individuals rather than yeah. a difficult species overall
1: drew drew still drives me insane <laughs> bless her little soul um she's a little aft um she was being kept in like a little one foot exoterra cube on oh look <laughs> Get
0: excited.
1: She is very cute. She, um, she was kept on calci sand with a heat mat under the calci sand. And she's just, and, yeah, she was fed on ham and chicken for a year. What? Yeah. Um, nah. Your knows? guess is as good as mine. This poor little thing, bless her. She was actually, she just, I don't know, I think she's got MBD in her jaw. Um because she struggles to like chew. So we're gonna get some x-rays, I think. But she um probably all happened. the ham. <laughs> yeah. <if you're laughs> I
0: saw that.
1: But she I don't like it was very it was very perplexing when you go in and you're like, So what's her diet? <laughs> and um and they were like, Well, she won't eat bugs, so we fed her ham and chicken for a year, and I was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. There, that I, just done, I mean, it.
1: again, it's 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 horrible, but it, it's just it's not malicious it's it's dangerous but it's
2: it's, an experience it's uneducated.
1: not knowing yeah uneducated, like yeah. yeah and it's it's, it's horrible because the, the guy was lovely and he loved her to pieces again it's always the same the same thing but he just he just didn't realize that an insectivorous lizard
3: shouldn't mm-hmm. have it i'm not laughing like, i'm just ham and chicken <laughs> uh, like i'm actually quite shocked about that one because yeah, I... So... Yeah. Yeah, I mean That's the, what was, the thought I was like okay you yeah. um
2: you should see her now when they she struggles she doesn't eat as she does she, she, so she yeah, gets like still... syringe fed and she's so cute. Carol wraps her up in a little towel. My mom. And she's out with her little front legs in her head. And she likes syringes her food. And she started having bugs recently, hasn't she? Yeah, she's, syringe she's food doing really it, well. With the Emerald on it. And um, she gets so excited. But it's so cute. And Alex sends me videos of like Drew just in his house. My mom.
1: She's like, so my mom is. <laughs> this lady and she's so sweet and she's just sat there she doesn't she's not experienced with reptiles obviously we like we give her the guidance to do things and then she she does them because she's she just loves them and she's sat and like i said she's just got a little wrapped up in a towel she's lying on her like boobs just like sat there like a little child and she's just there like ready for your dinner now drew
2: like, just, just, like oh mom you're so cute i think she loves zap oh uh, yeah she loves zap as well she just she loves them. Loves
1: them. Zaps like a uh, neurological leopard gecko. and um, she's got a, a big wobble, very <laughs> big wobble. Bless her. She she she's was so like cute. eat little bugs, and she's one of those like she's so sweet. She just takes ages to feed because you hold like a little bug in front of her, and she's like, yeah, the bug, i can eat the bug, and then she just strikes off to the left every time, <laughs> and so you have to be ready to like move the bug in front of her. She gets she just, too excited and flips herself. Yeah, she gets really excited, Aww. and then she goes. And it's like no, like, no come back. <laughs> um, so you have to train like we have to feed her a little bit every day, which obviously you don't generally do for for geckos. It's you know you do it every sort of two three days, but you find if she's the, the hungrier she is, the more excited and and out of control she gets. So we have to feed her a little and and do it every day so that she's a little less
2: wobbly.
1: Yeah, bless <laughs> <laughs> her. But she's uh she's so sweet. She's a sweet little gecko. Mum just loves her as well. So mum's just crazy gecko lady at
3: the
1: <laughs> donnie was very difficult but he didn't he didn't make it in the end he was the one with the respiratory infection but he was going to the vets every sort of two weeks the tube feeding and and all sorts and that was a difficult one because we had him for so long and we worked with him for so long yeah and it got to the point where we took him to the vets and the vet you know said to us he's he's basically just trying to die at this point so we had to make the decision to have him put to sleep and that was that was hard i cried a lot for that one <laughs> But it was—it's um it's just, yeah, difficult in different ways. Everything's hard.
0: I'm going to make the assumption then uh, that it's not going to be species-specific. The rewarding side—it's individual case-specific.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that, that like you just you see difficult cases in all different species. So it's in terms of like the most rewarding, it's it it just varies. It it varies. Bearded dragons tend to bounce back quite well. Yeah. Again, Sheila's a good
2: example. Yeah, Shula's a
1: lovely example of something that's just persevered and and come out on top a lot of the time it's down to the animal a lot you know you can't some animals have fight in them and some don't it yeah Yeah. it's sad when you get them and you can tell that they've they're they're just like they've been fighting for so long and they're just like i can't do it anymore and you've got to help them on the way you know but it's it's nice when you get ones like shula that's like no i will be fine (laughs) (laughs) and i will
2: survive (laughs) i think every animal that we've rehabilitated. That's still with us. All we've rehomed. Every single one is rewarding. Like if, oh god, yeah. if not in the same way, in, in completely different ways, because they're all they're all they're all completely different. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like no matter who it is, it's always rewarding if there's a positive outcome, and even some of the negative outcomes, like
1: it's rewarding. you know rewarding. That
2: you've, you've done the best you could for that animal. Helped, you've them, helped the them in some way. You know,
1: Roxy. Oh my god. Oh poor. Roxy. She, she was the with the the, the about spiral. She she was actually like frozen. You know. Seeing her and taking her in and making sure she didn't suffer anymore is yeah
0: yeah as as I said earlier they've taken those final moments or months mm. in somewhere that genuinely has tried and genuinely has cared and I think it it would be selfish to not make the the call and say because they can't make the call themselves whereas us as humans can say no enough's enough for them so yeah
1: it's it's hard because in their nature they don't they don't make that call um you know it's it's in their nature to disguise the fact that they're ill and then yeah. you know when they're looking like they're poorly it's like well you know this animal is severely poorly if they look ill yeah
0: yeah
1: and um, that's the thing with reptiles with cats and dogs it's a little bit easier but with reptiles they disguise it so well you know we we get we deal with a lot of people that message us for advice when their animal becomes poorly and obviously we always tell them to, to go to a vet but it's it's horrible because a lot of the time we're talking to them in the you know the final moments that their animals there with them and it's it's horrible to try you have to reassure them and say that it's it's not your fault. You know, they hide things till the very last point that they can cope. And it's it's just sad really. It's I just reptile keep things hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I it's just not nice. But that's what we we're there for. We're there to support owners as much as the animals. You know, not all owners are bad and they shouldn't shouldn't be tainted with the, the same brush that others are. It you know, you've got to be there for everyone really. Yeah.
0: From a rescue standpoint, what is your take on hobbyist breeders, or business breeders, or just any sort of breeder? I guess. Um.
1: Well, there's good breeders and there's bad breeders.
0: You can't. Yeah, you certainly person. can't
1: say breeders as a whole. I. I think. Oh, I don't know. I'm. I think working it in a vet's and working in rescue, I see the bad of of it, and I'm very. Uh, when it comes to breeding, I think it can be done responsibly and if it's done responsibly then I have respect for that and I'm certainly I've never been one to tell people how they should do things and what they should and shouldn't do but as long as it's done responsibly with the animal's best interest it you know it's it's not bad I'm just I'm ag- I don't like it I'm against it but that's not my opinion isn't other people's opinion I'm not against people breeding I just wouldn't do it myself
3: and yeah yeah I um I struggle more so now than ever with breeding, even though I'm only extremely small scale. I only per one dragon a year, actually, because I like bringing them up, you know, with making them tame, and I'm very, very fussy with who they go to. Yeah. Um. But I, I do, I do have a inner turmoil, donor Yeah. With it because yeah. of because of rescues, and I just worry, you know, because rescues are overrun by obviously bearded dragons and geckos and stuff and snakes well I don't really I don't breed snakes so um, I do breed leopard geckos but again I could count on one hand how many I pair together I'm just not in it for mass breeding purposes at all um, yeah. Yeah. but I have struggled the last year or two with it and the fact that I am super sensitive and I, I do think oh you know is it, is it adding to the problem or is it not? I mean, I can see it from both points of view, really. People have said to me, no, you're not adding to it. You know, you're producing animals that you know are healthy because you're so stringent on genetics. Yeah. Um, it means a lot to you to produce something that doesn't have the problems that are out there. Because like I said before, there's so many at the minute, especially with translucent And people are incorrectly purring. They come on the scene for about a year, do a load of purring, realise they can't make any profit and then leave. And then essentially what they've done is bred a load of dragons that could end up potentially having neurological issues because they've not purred ethically. And then as a result, the dragons suffer and they end up with a Parkinson's-like disease from starting with the head. Yeah you don't see the inner workings. You see outwardly the tremors, but you don't know what it's actually done to their inners. So there's all of that to take into consideration, but it, it does tug at my heartstrings a lot because I can see it from the different sides. I mean, if you're going out there purring tons and tons, then, you know, you're going to end up with ones that are going to end up in rescues because people do get fed up with them, unfortunately. That's the way it is with most animals.
2: I think that just because even though like everything you've just said is valid obviously but um the fact that you recognize both sides is is important yeah is a sign that like responsible breeders exist um (laughs) thank you (laughs) because like obviously what Alex was saying about the bad side of breeding breeders that like you say come in they try and make a quick buck and then they're like oh actually a, I it see, doesn't work <laughs> I breeders that literally I mean I, I, I know rescues
1: that have taken on clutches of, of baby dragons because oh. breeders just been like
2: I can't I, I can't, do I, can't I can't rehome them yeah. so
1: can you take them it's like yeah. I mean sure they, they re- get rehomed really quickly but that's eight spaces to me that that's eight dragons that are a bit older that are sat there like well nobody wants me because there's a little yeah. baby nobody that everyone wants you yeah. know and I just I, I that's what that's why that's what makes my mind I you know I, I'm very emotional in that sense and i i do put emotions into them <laughs> and that's what makes me of my opinion and it's not like i say i'm not against people breeding whether i agree with it or not it doesn't you know i'm you're very against the people that go into it who don't care for the species that they're working with they care for how cheaply can i keep it how quickly can i shift it and how big can i make my profit yeah. that's yeah. that's you're, we're exactly the same as you we are against people that don't care for the species that just want to be in it for the money we know a lot of people we see a lot of what you're talking about being in the community and being in that side of the community yeah I I tend to avoid that that. (laughs) I don't go in because it just makes me angry because some of the stuff that that people come out with it makes you kind of like ashamed of the community you know like we're all meant to be here to enjoy the same thing you know we all are here because we love reptiles we're all here because we enjoy a certain species you know depending on what species you like but it's those few people that that like to ruin it for everyone else you know that that are going out of their way to keep as cheaply as possible who are going out of their way you know to make the biggest buck by lying about care which in the end, if you lie about care, that causes illness, and then that's where you guys then have to step in. So I think Stacy and-, and Nick are the same. Where we won't give babies to, to people or animals to people that mm. we are a hundred. I'd rather keep of. them.
3: Yeah, I'd rather that's keep them. See what
1: I'm like.
2: I will hoard everything, and I, I like, I like Stacy. Obviously, does we only produce what we know we can keep full term. If we can't keep mm-hmm. it full term, we don't
1: pair. We we don't pair for profit my UVB bill comes up soon and
2: (laughs) 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 I don't even want to talk about that. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's like, I know that Stacey doesn't cut any corners with things. Like I know that I
1: don't cut any corners with things, but we know that there are breeders out there that do claim the hobbyist title that are cutting corners, are trying to make it as cheap as possible. So I understand where that hate comes from because I also have that hate. Like, <laughs> that view. even though I do breed myself, I still have that hate for those people that do ruin it mm-hmm. for everyone and are in turn just basically giving those animals to whoever. Basically, to be honest, those animals before they're even, you know. If,
3: if you're feeding baby dragons correctly or baby geckos, you would never make a profit anyway and mm. you see a lot of baby dragons that are being sold as 12 weeks, eight weeks old and they're so tiny and it's like hang on, that is, there's no chance that that's the age that you're saying it is and there's not a chance that that tiny little dot <laughs> is is that, old? is that old. So yeah if you look at it, if you look at it in that way then If you feed them correctly and you bring them up under the right light and heating, then you would never make any profit for me. I enjoy the girls being able to handle the babies and stuff because they're learning and they enjoy giving them baths with us and stuff like that and feeding them the salad. I mean, the tortoise, we don't breed tortoises, but we've got a red foot. And uh, he absolutely adores Alice, doesn't he? Alice is only two. And every every time she goes in the reptile room, he comes... And I'll tell you what. Everyone who says tortoise are slow. Are just... <laughs> <laughs> it's like no. So as soon as he sees her coming in, that's it. He bolts straight out of his uh, hide near his near his heat source, all the way over to the far end of the viv, just because he knows that she's going to open the door and share a fruit with him. No, so, yeah. it's, it's... In it for the food. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. it's not. Na- it's just nice, you know, that they can interact. With the animals and stuff, so I like them helping me. You know, with the babies, and they end up anyone can handle them because they're that well. They're handled every single day. So
0: now me, I'm not a breeder, and I'm under the firm belief. Call someone out, call everyone out. I'm brutal for it. Like I'll, I'll post, post <laughs> it. all day. Man. I don't care. Like I don't <laughs> know. like if I think someone's being unethical. Like if you keep brushing it under the carpet with this code of silence for breeders, then you are part of the problem. Like it shouldn't be done. Like as breeders, they should be held to a higher standard because they keep harping on about pet shops. Oh, mm. they don't give out good advice. They don't do this. Well, why is a breeder allowed to get away with it? Because they've got that title. So that's my family and rescues in. as well.
2: You know, not every rescue, not every rescue. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to
0: throw names or anything, but there's a few people I've seen who call themselves rescues and literally I wouldn't give them mule shoes. Like, I'm not even lying, like, (laughs) genuinely wouldn't. What's your opinion on people who breed but then claim to rescue as well? I don't know. I just can't. I don't know if they could just go together. I don't know. I personally don't believe they can. I don't. I think you're using the term rescue as an excuse for more animals to breed from. That's my personal opinion on it.
1: I think someone can rescue animals and have maybe a separate hobby like a hobbyist breeding project
2: as long as they're not mixing yeah as long as they're no you know occur.
1: breeding from like rescue animals i don't agree with yeah yeah, not, yeah, not. Not. Logo. yeah
2: yeah when we rehome animals it's in our agreement isn't it like yeah
1: you, you will not breed. not breed from this animal <laughs> It's scary letting any animal go, um, even when there's that contract in place that says you won't breed, you will return it to us if you can't look after it, that kind of thing. Yeah,
2: because there's no guarantee. Really. You don't know. You're, yeah. you're letting,
1: as soon as the animal's out your hands, it's out your hands. So it it, it is stressful. That's why I'm
2: so strict <laughs> on homes. Yeah. homes. If someone messages us and we're like, oh, I've seen them in like groups and stuff. Oh, they do a lot of breeding. Oh, they're asking us specifically for a male corn snake or a female corn yeah, snake. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: It's kind of a red And fire. they're only interested in you know this high-end morph, this morph that we've happened to yeah. have come oh, in or you've got and... a ghost or you've got a whatever it's like it's just a red flag i'm a bit like oh, in that case no, no i don't think we should go together <laughs> but in the other case yeah neither. i mean
1: like I say someone can i know people that that rescue animals that take on rescue animals that rehabilitate them and sometimes they do rehome them sometimes they keep them as a and, and then separately they have animals that they want to breed and i think like i say as long as it's done in that respectful manner in that way that that's ethical and that can be done with the animal's sort of best interest at heart. I'm not against it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a specific
1: type.
0: <laughs> my opinion comes from like actual breeders taking in rehomes. Yeah. Like I don't agree with that. Like I, I'm always going to be dubious, like you're a breeder, why do you need rehomes? Mm, Whereas yeah. I know people who hobby breed very small scale, but they will take in rescues because they just love animals. Yeah. 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 So yeah. With, with my opinion is Someone who breeds as going out of the way for rehomes, then no, that's a no go. You get, yeah, a, it's different. A, you know, sus, really sus reasons because you have. If you're a breeder, you can just have keep, hold back your own.
2: Mm.
1: But
0: yeah, that would be my yeah. So I I don't think they go together. That's my personal opinion. But I'm not a rescue. I'm yeah. just a crime. I'm, I'm just
1: I I don't think I can breed anything. I'm just I'm very against it in myself. I I just and it's just it's just the way I feel. It's kind of like. Um, it's like anything really I'm I'm very I, I kind of have those the conflicted thoughts that I think is it Stace that was talking about before about feeling so conflicted about doing something like I'm the same with yeah. a lot I'm starting to really sway with the whole like outdoor cats indoor cat thing um, which yeah. is the, the example I can think of where I'm very conflicted and I have very valid opinions on both sides I've got cats I know cats that you know can't go out and I know cats that can stay in and still go out and I don't really I don't know I'm just very I hate that horrible conflicted feeling you get and I'm, I'm yeah. like that with breeding
2: and. but it's and a stuff. sign of evolving <laughs> like it's a <laughs> sign of learning and not yeah. just saying mm. like, in old opinions like we get a lot in I this hate yeah I hate people do that yeah where they're like well 30 years ago a two-foot viv was fine for this animal and we're like okay but since then there's been a lot of research <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <to show you. laughs> yeah everything should be challenged like in the grand scheme of things reptile keeping hasn't been going on that long like we have been keeping dogs a long time (laughs) reptile keeping in the grand scheme of things is very new like so it's constantly evolving and changing and we need to keep up otherwise you know welfare standards they slip very quickly Mm. yeah Absolutely. Kind of interesting you said about the cats thing, because I have four cats in total and two are outdoor and two are indoor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm the same. I, I foster cats and I'm very specific. I don't I don't like because I'm in control of them, I don't like that sounds horrible, but you know what I mean? Because I control you in charge. Their, of them. <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> environment. I yeah. I prefer I, I I'm sort of very like I'd rather have an indoor cat. Um because it, it worries me. I don't like letting them out. I mean, again, yeah. from working in the vets, I see so much you know my cat's been poisoned my cat's been hit by a car my cat's yeah been hit shot by with something my like, shot uh, shot with a bb gun oh, and i'm just it. like and then people you know i hear opinions they're like oh one day my cat's gonna get run over and i'm like well why'd you let it out then yeah <laughs> it's it's things like that you're like if you know if you know why like the only reason that, like, i have two cats that are indoor and two cats are outdoor my two outdoor cats were rescues and they were rescued off a farm and yeah. Exactly. We basically cannot keep them indoors. That it just it causes them loads of stress. But we are quite they lucky are, I guess, that, you know anything. But yeah, so the two are uh, my two older ones. They they can't. They just don't like being indoors. Especially my like actual personal cat city. She doesn't like people. She doesn't like being indoors. She likes to go sit on the fence and watch people coming and out. She's really creepy. Um, <laughs> I think we're quite lucky because our two tend to sort of just stay in the garden and in the side shed. That's kind of just where they go and then sort of cola meets up with his little mate smoking and then they go down the, end of the alleyway and then they just come back like that that's all i but like i've never seen them anywhere else but yeah that's the only reason why obviously but i would prefer personally to have my other two as indoor cats but it just wouldn't be fair on them as individuals
2: if i had mm-hmm. had them since they were really really like little kittens i probably would have kept them in more
1: yeah and that's that's what i mean i think it's i just I think yeah, it's it's deferring the responsibility. It's it's kind of you get this kitten and it's like well, it you, it would do best inside. It's best for the environment. It's best for the cat in the long run, if it's from a kitten and it's it's adapted to that. Whereas you know, like I say, my two cats that live at my mom's, you couldn't keep them in they mm. well bonnie would literally scream the house down she's deaf as well so that's she- literally cola cola just cries <laughs> like it's going out of fashion and, yeah. she- and they- they'd get societus they'd get like all kinds of stress problems um she's already got a heart moment i'm not <laughs> i kept <laughs> having a heart attack on my floor because no one will let her out you know the situation's like that way you have to you have to do that but we've, di- we've diverged um but-, yes. but, but yeah it's a cat podcast now <laughs> <laughs> it's a cat one. but yeah i just yeah, it's one of those things. It's it's the same thing, really, with the whole conflicting. I'm, you know, mm. I'm very. I like to think about both sides, and that's why I live my life so confused with what's okay. No, stressed, <laughs> <and> stressed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, same same thing with reptiles and breeding and all sorts. I you know, I see both sides to it, and I think it just needs to be thought about more. It shouldn't be an off the cuff. I'm gonna breed yeah. it's something that you consider and you're prepared for. I think same with keeping reptiles,
2: actually. Mm. That's, yeah, yeah. You get that a lot do your research kids <laughs> i did research for two years before i got my very first reptile yeah i was getting books out of the school library and all sorts when i wanted my first gecko i'm like dad look i've done all my research i made a folder with like temperature records yes! and weight records and like pages of information like when and how to feed i did that for hamsters and stuff hamsters.
1: no i did it for rocket i didn't gecko. do it for it for a snake actually i'm not gonna lie i just we had an animal man i really loved it i loved animals I wanted a snake and I got one for my birthday and I'm, I'm that person that everyone hates but I loved him my little boy he escaped oh he escaped we never found him again oh, no. my boy Time's end. it was literally it was horrible but he he was just I don't he, he got let out to be fair it was I had a party and some when I was a kid obviously and like a little kid went upstairs and opened the door and I <laughs> came upstairs and
2: he was gone my little boy well, my dad left my gecko viv open when I got my first gecko. He left the viv open after feeding him for me once. And he escaped for eight months and then came back. Oh, <gasps> was a Rocket. I was a rocket? That's why I said so dumb. <laughs> That's why you brain cells. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came back and I was like, okay, <laughs> this is fine. Thanks. <laughs> so you have Comet? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey. so after like five months, I thought, oh God, like he's definitely gone. Um, So... I rehomed another leopard gecko because I was like well okay don't let dad touch it this time Um, and then my dad called me and was like I've got a surprise for you and I was like oh okay I went over to his house and rockets there in a box and I was like oh well now I've got two (laughs) this is how it began I see and this is when you were like having more is good yeah and then I was like makes me twice as happy I wonder what three would do. No. <laughs> yes, you've got three. <laughs> I've got three. The third one's his; that's not mine.
0: <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> what guidelines do you use to vet potential adopters?
1: We have guidelines. We do have. That's you know,
2: flexible, but you have there. to.
1: You know, you have to get this. You have to do this. You have to do that. Whatever. But vibes, vibes, pay a very big part. And I, yeah. and I, I, I'm, I'm not even ashamed to be honest. It's if we get if we get bad vibes. I mean, I'm not very good at being outright and you know saying. No. no um because I'm terrified of like <coughs> the um, bad yeah re- not bad reviews but the people FIFA. that like yeah I'm terrified that one day someone's do- just gonna go off and make everyone hate me like that's like a weird figure I have so I'm, I'm very I'm always like try to be very polite to say no to people but I yeah, yeah. If we
2: can't we need to trust just, you like yeah we need to trust you with our babies you know <laughs> we have obviously our set guidelines of this is our minimum requirements for enclosures for like welfare purposes we need to like check your home situation like do you have other pets do you have kids and stuff like what how's that going to work your experience and things but then like overriding all of that is do we like you can we trust you <laughs> mm. because if we can't trust you to look after the animal then mm, you're not having it at the end of the day it's better safe than sorry
1: yeah yeah and this I mean, is one of the reasons why we, we, we hold on to them for a while. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not and that's not something that I'm I'm bothered by really. I'd yeah. rather have them for longer and know that they're going to a and they go somewhere perfect, a home that wants them as well is really big thing for me. Like I said before, I don't like yeah. people who ask for any corn snake, any lizard. I'm like, well, here's a list of the animals we've got, have a read through about their personalities, about what they're like, and tell me which one you want, which one you know you would suit best. And they, and they're still kind of like,
2: mm.
1: they don't really look and it's just yeah. like, well, you know, not every snake is the same. Yeah. We can't just give you a snake and expect it to be the same as the next snake. It's, yeah. you know, it's got to suit you. It's got to, you know, if you want it for your, your kid and you, joy- we're happy with that a
2: lot. Do you want to handle a lot? Do you want a snake just that's gorgeous that is out on display and like you know? Are you gonna be afraid to feed it if it's a bit food aggressive or something? Because there's so many factors that people. I think when you first think about getting an animal, you're just really excited. I think that does come into play with a lot of people. We get is they they message us. They're like, oh, really want to adopt a snake, and we're like, that's great, but what kind of snake? (laughs) (laughs) Specific is always better. It's a good sign when someone messages us and says, oh, I, I really love. Betty, or I really love Dot, or yeah, yeah, and I'm really interested in them specifically because you know that they've read something, (laughs) they've read something that's important, yeah. Just the willingness to, and you
1: know, people who don't want to complete forms, who don't want to look at the website, who don't want to read something that you send them, it's like, well, where's your enthusiasm?
2: Like,
1: are you not even enthusiastic to adopt this animal? Is it just something to add to your collection? Like, I. I want it to be I want you to want this animal (laughs) yeah we like Um, when
2: people want to come and meet them
1: can I come and meet them can I come see them can I when can I come can I come right now can I come right now and I'm like yes (laughs) (laughs) yes you can (laughs) come right now you know we just want people who want the animals that's the main thing um obviously we can guide them in terms of care advice if they've never had a reptile before and they they know nothing that's that's fine you yeah, know we we'll can, start from the beginning that's we'll we'll, we'll go through everything you can come here you can volunteer for a day and help us with the animals and we can show you what each part of the enclosure means what um what why uvb is important why this is important why we have overhead heat blah 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 we can go over everything i like it when people ask loads of questions because <laughs> it shows that they're they're willing to learn and they're willing to yeah. understand every aspect of keeping
2: yeah
1: that's well, it's a vibe it's mainly a vibe it's a vibe <laughs>
2: <laughs> what I feel in my soul <laughs> Soul
0: what information do you give to a potential adopter when they inquire about a reptile from you is it all about temperaments and stuff like that so it's it, it, yeah. animal specific so this one's quite feisty and
2: mm. yeah so we tend to give as much of the animals background as we have um sometimes we, we have sometimes we have next to nothing so we can only give them what we have experienced with the animal but um obviously temperament's important if it's a first reptile it's unlikely unlikely. they're gonna want a feisty one yeah so temperament yeah health issues anything that may reoccur any concerns that we've got that
1: aren't severe concerns like sometimes you know i mean my my royal pythons eat non-stop i've never known anything like it everyone's always like royal pythons are really fussy i'm like are oh, they My <laughs> um but then we do get royal pythons in that have that fussy way yeah, of eating monty. um monty is pain he eats quite well actually he's eating quite well at the moment but he Ooh. he does have just moments where he's like mm, i'm not gonna eat and yeah. you know that's something that we want to make people aware of because if it's their first reptile they'll panic they're gonna panic because it's not eating <laughs> <laughs> um and it's you know we just give them as much information as we can as much information as they ask
2: for yeah um, about the animal about the care obviously it depends on their background like if they're already pretty experienced we'll check what they already know and then be like oh well do you want to have a quick read of our care guide just to make sure we're like lining up priorities mm. um to make sure obviously they don't set up an enclosure that we're not going to okay and then they wasted that time and money and <laughs> yeah
1: but yeah and then when people adopt they get the full we get we have like a log of all of their activity while they're with us um, they get full veterinary history
0: they
2: get some cards <laughs> <laughs> they, get,
0: they get some business cards
2: yeah, from that like, we have sponsors who like put their might, cards in yeah we, we, we kind of, of i thing. really
1: want some like stuff to put in that people get out of it like yeah, vouchers and things but some gifts. no one wants to donate them no one wants to get give them, them. Um, And stickers
2: we have stickers we have now. some stickers <laughs> Do you guys want to sticker oh. Well, like we it. actually have sticker packs that we send out to Ooh. our guests. So you guys will be getting one of our sticker packs. Yeah, they're. We will mm-hmm. send you one back. <laughs> it's not very exciting. One sticker. Our stickers are this thing. That's okay. We oh, love stickers. We do oh. love stickers.
1: I want some arty ones, but they're too expensive. And as a rescue, we just can't. We can't
2: spend money on stuff like that. It's horrible. Yeah.
1: Um, we
0: want to. But we, we really want to, <laughs> but we can't. To round off the entire thing, would you recommend opening a rescue? Yeah, because but, there's so many animals that need rescuing. So help us, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay.
2: Like, please. Yeah, I have mixed opinions. On the one hand, yes, <laughs> we need we need help. But on the other hand, we need help, but we need good rescues, solid yeah. rescues that are doing it for the right reasons.
1: It's not something that you can just do. Like when I when I first did it, I obviously I fostered essentially for another rescue for a while um like I said at the start that's what I how I started and then when I I spent that time researching how to start up a rescue and what I needed to do it wasn't yeah. something I was just like right taking in my first animal done like I'm gonna you know she
2: is obsessed out. with fine. doing everything by the book which is amazing <laughs> but she's obsessed
1: <laughs> I was scared. so I you know I, I spoke to everyone I knew who ran rescues I was like what would you recommend why do I need to do you know one person was like register with HMRC absolutely first thing you should do because if you're taking in any kind of money you should be registered with the tax man because if they find out you're taking in any money whether it's for charity purposes or not and you're not registered even for any purpose then you're going to get in trouble and so you can register as a charity for tax purposes it costs you absolutely nothing you have to send in a governing document which which is you know the rules of how you run your rescue or charity and you can claim gift aid um, so we claim gift Ooh. aid on freely given donations, which is amazing. You know, we have to record all our finances. Finances, we've got, you know, a treasurer, um, a bank account that is separate from our personal account. So, you know, there's no, it there can be no speculation on what we spend our money on. It's all there on the bank statement. We are insured. Very important. No one gets mm-hmm. insurance. You know, we're fully insured for, we've got public indemnity as well, I think, which covers us for advice that we give and and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Make sure you just look into it. Policies and procedures, don't just rush into it and think, I'll oh, swing and it and as safety. I go.
2: Health and safety. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have like
1: fire safety things, you know, it it's, you know, risk assessments, everything, you know, just do it legally it's fine you can you know if you're prepared for eventualities you're prepared um if you just go in winging it then it it's gonna go wrong you're gonna realize you can't make any you know you can't make money from it people who think that they go into it because they think they can make money from it personally it's like why are you doing it (laughs) if i wanted to make money from it i couldn't like it's literally like you just couldn't do it i lose so much money doing it because and not just through money money but through time you know we spend I book holiday off work so that I can do fundraising events. It's it's yeah. not it's not something you
2: can just do like that. Yeah. I mean I didn't set up a rescue, I just joined the rescue. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um tied yes, up yes, tied everything up. I go behind, go, you know, this thing and this yeah. thing and this thing. And now we kind of co-run the rescue, which I'm just like I never yeah. intended to do. <laughs> um but I love it. You do. Please don't fire me. Um <laughs> get out now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think what alex has said just yes set up a rescue but do it right like please
3: (laughs) i have one last question actually yeah yeah what advice would you give to anyone wanting to adopt a reptile
2: do your research do
1: your research (laughs) and really think do it again (laughs) take opinions from different people as well like we give advice we can t- we get we have care guides yeah one of i actually wrote a blog post back when i did a blog <laughs> back when we had blog posts and um it was about what you, you know what to do when you're adopting a new pet when you're thinking of getting a new pet um, and i based it off when i got tarantulas and you know first thing was join a community mm-hmm. um facebook groups are great the right ones are good yeah, yeah. the wrong ones are bad <laughs> <And> i've joined, <laughs> <don't> know.
3: Know. <laughs> <laughs> joined several and left was,
2: several yeah, and then leave the bad ones. <laughs> yeah,
1: leave the bad ones. And then back everything up. So if you think if you if you, you know, if you read somewhere that you should be using a heat map for your corn snake, back that up. Look into why you should be using a heat map. Multiple if, sources. And then if you find out and then you know, when you look into it, you'll probably think, oh, maybe there are better options. I'm not saying that there's that a heat map is wrong, you know. We use it in certain circumstances, but we do rehome only to overhead heat because it's, you know, there is the best. It's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so you know, just don't just research one go, don't just go to a source yeah. and research it. Like we usually say, take in three different care guides. And read them. You're going to find so many different things about yeah. them. That's when you go to the community that you joined and you ask, ask
2: questions, like
1: why why yeah. is this guide saying heat maps and this guide is saying overhead heat? What what's the difference? And then you're going to find and you know actually find a scientific reason. <laughs> Shout out to my friends because they are incredible. Ollie, Brett, Shannon, you, rammy everyone, Woo! and um they're like my ugh, just I couldn't. I couldn't like
2: encyclopedia.
1: Yeah, you just if, you have a, if we have a question, it's like. Somebody's got different expertise. Someone's, someone knows, so you go to them, and it's like, well, why? Why remind me again? Why is halogen better than ceramic heat? And it's like, well, because yeah. the IRC oh.
2: yeah. And you just get. I'm like Ollie, tell me about UVB. Go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It. Yeah, it's great. You just yeah find yeah find the right people, um, yeah, and be specific. Like, if you're not sure what species you're interested in, do that first, and then research that specific species in multiple sources, so that you're not getting information for a different species that you're going to end up adopting you know yeah because otherwise you're just going to be confused <laughs> so try and pin that point and then research specific research multiple sources ask questions and then approach your rescue and adult adult <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that concludes this week's podcast A massive thank you to Jelly Exotics who joined us. We have learned a great deal and we appreciate you taking time out to join us. We would also like to shout out and thank our sponsor, Amphibipod, who can cater to any reptile needs with his fantastic 3D printed reptile accessories. They range from feeding ledges to hides and everything in between. Thank you to all of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast and we shall see you again next week.
3: Bye. Bye. Bye.